Oh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, especially for singles. And maybe for you, you have no problem with being single at Christmas. God bless you, friend. For others, as I'm seeing on our social media, some are having that old feeling of being on the outside looking in. The couple's in love, the family's in church, the movies that make it seem like marriage is the only way you'll ever be happy, and the well-meaning people who want you to have a date and so they fix you up, or who will tell you when you are at a wedding, you're next, I can just tell you are next. How do you handle being single at this time of year? Call me. If this is the struggle, if this is right in the sweet spot of where you're living, I want to hear from you, and it's not sweet that you're feeling. 877-548-3675. Lisa Anderson's back. She's going to help us tackle this topic. Thanks to the team making us sound better than we deserve. Ryan McConaughey doing all things technical. Trish is our producer. Anthony will be answering your calls. Laura and Rich are helping out at the home office of Focus on Family there in Colorado Spring, Colorado. Thanks for your support, by the way. Uh, December is a big month for any ministry You'll be hearing this a lot over the next few weeks. So if it's been a while since you reached out to us, would love to have you do that today. You have no idea what an encouragement you'll be to us. As our thank you, we've extended the gift of my novel, Saving Grayson, through December. I read this review today online. Listen to this. This is very lyrical. It's very uh, literary. Love is a difficult journey when the heart walks with a limp, but love is the only exit out of despair. Isn't that good? This story captures the miracle working power of love. I'd love to send you a copy of Saving Grace and call or click through today with a gift of any size. Go to chrisfabrylive.org, 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 or call us at 866-95-FABRY, 866-953-2279. Thanks for being a friend or partner in December. Lisa Anderson is the director of Young Adults for Focus on the Family. She manages Boundless with the goal of helping 20 to 30-somethings grow up, own their faith, date with purpose, and prepare for marriage and family. She's written The Dating Manifesto. She hosts The Boundless Show. You can find out more at that website, chrisfabrylive.org. And as I understand it, this has been a big year for Boundless, Lisa. This is, is this 25? Is that right? Exactly. We just celebrated 25 years of ministry to young adults. And actually, on the front end of the year was our 15th anniversary of the podcast, which is shocking because Boundless started at the beginning of podcasting. Like a lot of people didn't even know what podcasts were when Boundless started it. And I can't take credit for that. That was a team that brought me on as the host. And so we have been doing it ever since. And it's been a blast. Did you expect to be doing this job (laughs) 25 (laughs) years ago? Okay, well, now that you bring it up, uh, Chris, let me be honest. I actually was a young adult when I started hosting The Boundless Show. Uh, Now I'm trying to be that cool older aunt who has my arm around the shoulder of young adults and is like, hey, let me help you. So I'm not sure. I don't think I necessarily thought it would be this long, but I, I like... I love millennials and Gen Z. I feel like I'm aspirationally younger, you know, than maybe I am. And so I'm just working it. And I feel like, man, boundless. We are we are discipling a generation and allowing them to own their faith, understand the Bible, really know what it's about and apply it on a Tuesday. I mean, that's really the heart of boundless is connecting uh, each individual's faith with their everyday life. 
Only on Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday's the hardest day. That's why I say on a Tuesday. You know, Is I mean, you're right? just like, it's your head into the middle of the yeah. week. I'm making that up. But I mean, I think that sounds solid. So let's no, go I with like it. it. I, yeah. I think, yeah, I think you got something there. Um, anything in the dating manifesto, you know, because we've talked about this for a few years, anything you would change in there that you see after a few years? Oh, I tweak this, I do this differently, say this differently. I think, um, you know, I always say that the vibe of the dating manifesto, I think I, I always tell people you need to read the whole book because the front end I come across a little bit harsh because I say the front end is like my kick in the pants for those young adults who are like, oh, it's OK, I'm going to find someone because we're going to lock eyes across the Starbucks or, you know, they're going to I'll just meet them. We're going to the stars will align and it'll happen. And so I think some people get discouraged because they're like, Lisa, this is really hard. Like, I feel like you're yelling at me. And so I'll say, you know, keep going, keep going, because the end of the book is my arm around the shoulder saying, hey, if you're saying you've tried everything, you're still single, you're wondering if God is going to show up for you. I have a lot to say about that as well. The other thing that comes to mind, because I have thought about this a little bit, is the idea of adding a little bit more chill into dating. I feel like I kind of came out of the gate talking so much about intentionality that it it can freak people out mm-hmm. to when when you don't balance it by saying uh, dating is actually also supposed to be fun, people. And I think we've gone so much in the other direction of, you know, initially it was like, oh, well, it's happenstance. It's, it's going to work out like a rom-com that then we kind of overcorrected and we're like, no, you need to pursue women and you need to be ultra biblical and make sure, you know, and there've been all kinds of aberrations of that. And so I say, you know, yes, there should be biblical intention. Make sure that you're dating for the purpose of marriage because you will derail if you're just doing nine years of pizza dates. But at the same time, find someone that just has their head on straight and loves Jesus and is an active disciple of Jesus, and then have fun in the process and let it work out. And so that's maybe what I would emphasize a little bit more. You mentioned something that, that we always talk about around this time, but we, we have to go into it, and that is the Hollywoodization of the dating, of the, the hallmarkization, and, and <laughs> it's just ubiquitous there, out there these days. Even with the TV shows and The Bachelor and the, the older Bachelor and whatever that's called, it's just everywhere that there are – if, you, if you don't have a relationship, you, you're not happy, you can't be a success. And I know that's not true, you know, as a single person, I'm not saying this is me, but as a single person, they're saying, hey, you know, that there's, 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 that's an aberration. That's not true, but it's so big out there. So how do you deal with that pressure from the outside? Yeah. I mean, when you look at the idealized version of the holidays, that's exactly where you're going to land. And so, you know, you mentioned Hallmark. I mean, you look at anyone's social media feed, singles are seeing engagement rings everywhere. It's just the time of year where people are kind of pumping that up and the experience of being in love and all that that means. And, uh, you know, and, and so I even tell singles, you know, sometimes I'm like, maybe you just need to take a break from social media for the next couple 
couple months. I mean, that just may be helpful. And so, um, you know, commercials, Chris. I mean, look at who hasn't seen the advertisements for the family PJ sets Mm -hmm. where you're all supposed to wear the same PJs. And of course, all your kids look adorable and you have a little matching dog and cat, you know, alongside of you. And so it just breeds such a comparison trap and it's so discouraging. And I think it is something that we have to brace ourselves for and recognize that, you know, there's a lot of encouragement that we need to bolster ourselves with in the midst of this while still supporting the idea of romance and family, because that's all good, too. Right. Uh, okay, so we're going to go into this today. If you have a question, a comment, I want to hear what, how you would respond to my Facebook question. What's your biggest struggle being single at Christmas? And there are a lot of older single women and some widows who are answering the question here today. Krista said, not having someone to admire lights with me and to warm up the car for me. <laughs> and then mm. she has a smiley face. Um, but to, to be right there, you, you go out, you drive around, you see all the lights and the tinsel and the, you know, the warm feelings that come, but you're looking at this alone. There's no one to share that with. How do you deal with that? Yeah, it's tough. And that's why I say, you know, I I say, especially to singles, Chris, you have got to not to be weird and like steal yourself for Christmas, but you need to not let Christmas hit you like the flu. I mean, you need to understand what your triggers are. For me, like to answer that question, I don't have, I'm I'm pretty savvy to the sneakiness of all the, you know, the media and the ads and the, you know, the, the understanding that, oh, you know, it's romance and whatever. For me, what's hard is just kind of that reaffirmation of, Lisa, you don't have a plus one. You're just kind of like, you're you and you're single. Um, and so it's actually coming up tonight. I'm going to a church church Christmas party where I am the only single person who will be there. Everyone is bringing their spouse because spouses are invited. And it wasn't like, you know, and, and again, I'm not uh, condemning them for the for this, but it was it wasn't like, you know, oh, and Lisa, bring a friend, you know, because I, I feel like that would have been weird, too, you know, so so but it's just kind of it's just there. And so then I looked at the guest list and I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. One of the women, her husband can't come. So at least two of us <laughs> will be solo for flyers, you know? So it's that kind of thing. It's it's stuff like that. And then the expectation um, around whether it's my family, whether it's going to parties and having the questions, there's just always that like, so Lisa, you know, do you feel sad around Christmas? Or do you feel, you know, you're just, what are you doing? Like what, even, mm-hmm. even my family members, kind of this, well, you're single, you know, are you, are you going to come and stay with us for Christmas? Are you, it's kind of like, the single people are supposed to, you know, adjust their plans to kind of the families and whatever else is going on. And so I always have to have the awkward conversation around like, you know, how are you going to shoehorn yourself into our curated celebrations? And it's just a, that's just a hard hard conversation to have. Well, Amy said that. She said, when I was single, it was the expectation of church and and families since I didn't have a family. Oh, Amy, can you help with this and this? Because you have more time. She said it felt like while you were sleeping, Lucy's always asked, she was the one asked to work Christmas because she lived alone. She was single. So here's the question. What's your biggest struggle being single at Christmas? 877 877- Five four eight three six seven five. Let's talk with Lisa. Let's get a little little help from Lisa Anderson today from the Boundless Show. Eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. 
Lisa Anderson is back from Focus on the Family. She is director of Young Adults. She manages Boundless, 25 years old now. She's been with the Boundless show for the last 15 years. She's written The Dating Manifesto, a drama-free plan for pursuing marriage with purpose. You can find it. It's our featured resource at chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. I want to read you this note from Facebook, and then we'll go to your calls, 877-548-3675. Knowing I wasted years with the wrong men. This is her answer to your biggest struggle at Christmas. None of whom cared to develop a healthy future and family. As I age and my family gets smaller, I think about what my holidays will look like without grandchildren or even a husband and in-laws to cook and bake for or even decorate and enjoy Christmas traditions with. I'm expecting I will throw myself into volunteering to avoid the loneliness of not having anyone to prepare a holiday meal for. It doesn't seem God has seen fit to pair me up. I've been praying for a God-honoring man in relationship. Considering the culture having none as of yet, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't losing hope. And the worst part, and what saddens me so much about it all, is I see so many not even putting forth effort to develop quality relationships and become healthy couples to raise loving families. So it's almost like, you know, the people who are in these relationships, they're not, they're not working at it. And I'm, I really, you can hear the pain and the struggle there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I just feel for this woman who's written on Facebook and it just, you know, I've been there, you know, and it, it's kind of like the, the feelings of regret in that, Chris, of like, you know, did I do something wrong? And she's basically saying, you know, yeah, you know, I wasted some time and I was in some go nowhere relationships. And, you know, hello, let me raise my hand and talk about a good chunk of my 30s, Chris, <laughs> where that was kind of me as well. And so the fact is, it's a tension because we have to trust that God is in control. He is truly sovereign. But at the same time, time marches on and there are some things that are part of our stories that will Will remain part of our stories. And there is time that we can't get back. And so I think we need to sit in the tension of that and be okay with grieving that. And I think a lot of times we don't give singles space in the church to grieve. Uh, maybe seasons lost, maybe relationships lost, maybe decisions made. And so I just want to encourage this listener by saying, look, okay, first of all, it's not over till it's over. We don't know what God has for your story. We know that he certainly brings beauty from ashes and he is the redeemer of all things. Um, but I also want to encourage you, listener, to make sure you Put your eyes up and look around you and don't negate the value of getting into relationships with other single women who may be in the same life stage as you, maybe different life stages, who may be kind of little like families that are, are waiting to be blossomed out there. I know as I look ahead at my holidays, I've got um, some single women, some dear friends I'm going to hang out with. I've got some married friends, some couples and families who are going to enfold me. And I'm not saying that it is the same as being in a relationship or being in a marriage or whatever. But I am saying,
saying that God uses relationship for all of us. And, you know, there's not, uh, some of us are, are called to be single, whether it's for a season or whether it's for a lifetime, but none of us are called to be alone. And so we have to be okay with that. We have to look for connection, look for relationship and go after it. And so spend some time grieving, but also um, know that God is is in this story. And I hope you have hope in that. I saw a podcast that you did where you mentioned that you were single in your 20s and then your your dad died and you realized, you know, I'm not going to get married in my 20s. You had to grieve that. And then you have to grieve the fact that if you do get married, your dad's not going to be there, right? Right. Yeah. And that's just, that's me talking through and ticking off, Chris, my own realities. And so now, you know, I had to recognize that dad won't be there. Uh, then I had to go through my 30s and say goodbye to my 30s, enter into my 40s. And now in my 40s, my mom went to be with Jesus. And so now there's another loss. And so, you know, it's this is a whole new season for me and recognizing, you know, I still have siblings who want to include me and love me me, but all of them have their own families. And so it is hard and it's different. And it's not, I will never have the story that my friends have of driving around minivans, homeschooling Mm -hmm. kids, having their story, you know, soccer practices. That is not my story. So I have to ask God sometimes daily, God, what is my story? What's the good story that you have for me? And I have to be okay with that. And so it is, it's a hard question to ask and it's hard to tick off those losses and see them, you know, see them go. Since we've done this topic year after year after year, I remember you talking about your mom and there and and dealing now with her loss. But there were times when she would say, "What about and whatever you know," and and want to not push you, but just she had a heart for you to be married, didn't she? Oh, she absolutely did. And she now there's, you know, she's with the Lord and hopefully he has reconciled her to the fact that I'm still single, Chris. I mean, maybe that's a huge relief for her. I don't know. But there is a little aspect of that of like, okay, at least I don't have mom's pressure anymore. But she was a champion for me. She was, you know, she was in a generation, Chris, where she met my dad in at a Christian college, stalked him at a few basketball games, went to a senior banquet, and then they're married. You know, it was just like, it was so easy and assumptive for them. And she always would say, Lisa, why isn't it easier for you? You know, this shouldn't be that hard. And I'm like, well, mom, it is. It's hard. And, and she would try to do these setups for me. And she would try to, you know, find young men for me. And it got to the point where she tried to set me up with a guy in her church and she'd only seen the back of his head. She hadn't even had a conversation <laughs> with him. Was. Yeah. So it. I remember I told you that story and I said, mom, okay, you are an amazing prayer partner and you're going to stay on the prayer team, but your practical boots on the ground efforts are, they've come to an end today. So I had to kick her off of my dating team for that reason. She went, She wanted you to date people based on their sweaters, the sweaters that they... <laughs> That they chose, I, right? I'm not sure she had criteria <laughs> near the end there, Chris. I mean, let's be honest. It was just, it was getting a little bit random and desperate. So yeah, yeah she, I had to move on. How long ago did she pass away? 
five years now. So, yeah. And she had dementia for about 10. And so some of that, you know, was exacerbated by that. But I was I was her caregiver for the last three years of her life. And so that was a huge privilege of mine, though it also underscored singleness and and aloneness and the fears, all the fears that rose up of like, you know, what am I going to do? What if I have dementia someday and I'm alone? Who's going to take care of me? And of course, the ultimate answer is God himself. He's the only one that's going to walk with us the whole way. That's what I like you about you, Lisa. You talk about real life, and you're not afraid to go to the to the grief and the grieving, and and to say what it is, because that's what the psalmist does. You know, the psalmists write about the real feelings, but they always come back around to reminding themselves of who they are in relation to God. And I think that's one of the things that you help us do. So let's take some calls. 877-548-3675. Struggling with singleness at Christmas. David is in Iowa. Hi, David. How you doing today? Wonderful. And like you just said, struggling at the time of Christmas. Hey, as a single man, age 76, who's struggling? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yes, I own my own house here, and I'm responsible for decorating the whole thing. I'm responsible for cleaning the place. I'm responsible for for going outside and shoveling the driveway. It's <laughs> I've got plenty to keep me busy. Yes. So you're not struggling, with quote-unquote, exactly. struggling exactly. with that. You, you feel, okay, but what about that? You just mentioned decorating. What do you do as far as the tree and the tinsel and the lights and that kind of thing? Do you still put it out? Yeah. In fact, I've got two. It it was rather strange. I was looking around my basement just a couple weeks ago, and I thought, look, in one storage room there that I I seldom use, but just out of curiosity, I pulled it out, and here's a rectangular box, and on the outside it said Christmas tree. And I look at it, huh? What's a Christmas tree going to get into a box that size? It, it can't be done. So out of curiosity, I pulled it out, and I found that this tree collapses. And now in my living room, I've got a, a red and green Christmas tree. It must be about six feet tall. That's, I, I, I didn't even know that I had it. <laughs> <laughs> you found it. You discovered it. Okay, so mm-hmm. let, me, let me take that. Lisa, for those who are in that situation— th- yeah, what's the struggle? There is no struggle there. What do you say? Yeah, I think that's just a perfect example of someone who God can use to be an encouragement to other people, and not necessarily just other singles, because sometimes if you're really content in your season of singleness and someone isn't, it can be hard for them. Um, but just the person, I mean, this this strikes me, you know, David, as someone who is is just like, I'm going to jump in and be an encourager throughout the season, maybe to families, to foster adopt families, to, to folks that just need to know that there is hope in a story that maybe is a little different from someone else. And so I would say, you go, brother, you challenge uh, or you channel that uh, encouragement and that optimism and that hope into uh, really blessing others with mm-hmm. the gifts that you've been given. And uh, that's a gift. And so you you know it and you see it. And so I would say use it. On the flip side of that is Barbara, who says the biggest struggle is realizing that you are alone. There's no reason to put up a tree, no reason to bake cookies, especially sitting alone again in church on Christmas Eve 
but this time it's accentuated by the obvious delight everyone else takes in their families. So the the grieving process, you all, and this is where you know you don't not go to church because <laughs> because of of that, but you almost have to inoculate yourself to some of that because you know it's going to be all around you, right? Yeah. And that's where I would say, and again, I so feel for for Barbara to just say, this is where you need to take that time and that space and not just paste on a smile. I always think of that claymation drummer boy <laughs> movie where he had to paint on a smile in order to do what he was called to do. But but to to recognize that, okay, maybe I need to take some space. Maybe I need to not go to all the parties. Maybe I need to not especially go to the ones that are going to be super couples focused, but also to just say, what does it look like for me to stretch myself a little bit and to recognize that parties don't just have to be families and you know community doesn't just have to be marriages and people with their kids and so to just say could it look different and and my challenge I like to challenge singles to just say you know ah, okay what what does that look like because you know I always this maybe maybe this is like my uh Debbie Downer message for the Christmas season through you, Chris. But and it's a little bit of a hard message, but it's one that I've had to learn. And that is, you know, when we stand at the end of the age before the Lord, we're not going to stand as married couples. No one is going to be able to look to their spouse and say, I'm blaming you for something. I'm giving you all the credit for something. Here's these kids. You know, they're the reason I exist. They're my identity. We're going to stand before the Lord as individuals. And so I think that's something that we've got to remember, that it's not we have allowed marriage too much to define us and to give us our identity, uh, the marriage and, and family, you know, I mean, again, I say that with with people who are, are widowers, like say if they get, you know, if they get married again, this is why we say, you know, there's not this thing like the one, like there's just this one mystical union that you're going to have. God uses marriage for many great things. But again, we have got to look around us and be in relationship and realize that, you know, Christmas can be a blast. Christmas can be an encouragement. Christmas can be the story of Christ come, because that is for all of us, not just for married people and for families. Amen. That's Lisa Anderson. Here's our number, 877-548-3675. Go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org. You'll see our featured resource, The Dating Manifesto, a drama-free plan for pursuing marriage with purpose. We'll talk about online dating and a whole lot more straight ahead with Lisa. This is Chris Fabry Live on Moody Radio. talking about singles at Christmas, imagine you're single, imagine you're looking at a pregnancy test and it shows positive. And imagine that the father of that child growing inside has said, you really need to take care of this. No support, no encouragement, no, we're in this together, you and me, you're alone. Now imagine what it's like to have somebody at CareNet come alongside you and give you hope and tell you there's another way, and not just say it, (laughs) but to walk through that with you. Karenat believes at its heart, abortion is a discipleship issue. Women, and that sounds weird on on the surface, but women and men considering abortion need to know 
the liberating love of Jesus in their lives. That's why CareNet developed Making Life Disciples. It's not just about saving the baby, though that's a wonderful thing. Discipleship, they have programs to equip churches to provide compassion and hope and help and discipleship for women and men who are considering abortion. Your church can get involved. Learn how when you click the green CareNet button at chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. You don't have to go through this alone. Someone you know needs to hear about CareNet today. Find out more again. Click the green CareNet button at chrisfabrylive.org. Lisa, let me ask you that Lisa Anderson from Boundless, from um, the the young adult ministry at Folks on the Family, you've dealt with that topic before, I'm sure, on the Boundless show and others. Uh, the, the abortion, this is a huge, this is not just a big political issue out there. It's a very personal issue, isn't it? Oh, it is, absolutely. And it's always the issue of a woman being put in such a a hard position. You know, we often say here at Focus, no woman is like, you know, the one thing I really want to do is is make a baby and then and then kill it. And so it's it's just hard, hard. It's one hard decision up against another hard decision. And we just, you know, we we feel for women that are in this position and men, you know, dads uh, that are put in a hard position. Sometimes it's the dad in the couple that wants uh, to move forward and to keep the baby and to start a life together. And, and they feel left out or feel unheard or, or that they don't have a voice. And so, again, there, you know, there are a lot of uh, a lot of single adults out there that are facing unplanned pregnancies um, in in the mix as well. And sometimes they don't have the support network that they need. And so to be an encourager, especially those of us in the church that can walk in and say, I see you, I hear you, I want to enfold you. I remember uh, actually interviewing a young couple here at Boundless uh, that they were very involved in the pro-life, even in their Christian high school and led stuff. And then they found themselves pregnant. And uh, she actually wanted to abort the baby. He came alongside and he said, absolutely not. We are going to get married and we're going to move forward and have this child. But the conversation I had with them, Chris, was about, okay, this is not just like we made the right decision. So God's going to wave a wand and make everything easy. They had a lot of hard decisions. And their first decision was neither of them went to college right away. So they ended up both working here in Colorado at Dutch Brothers Coffee, kind of cranking it out. Mm. They had the baby. They've since had another child. Um, But now they're doing classes online and they're going after that. But it was giving up a little slice of their dream or putting it on hold uh, to do what they knew God wanted them to do and what would be honoring of life and of his plan and his design for life. And so they're walking it out. But the neat thing is the church came around them and said, we are here. We're going to be your safety net. We're going to make this possible for you so that you won't be in this alone. And I know she told me, she said, Lisa, I don't think we bought diapers for the first two years of our kid's life. The church did that for us. Yes, that's it. That's exactly it. And that material help that says you're not going through this by yourself and I just, I wonder if there is, you know, a single person listening, getting plugged in to, to a ministry like CareNet. Not that that solves anything, and I'm not trying to fix your life, but how rewarding that could be for, for someone. Uh, Jacqueline is in Virginia. Jacqueline, why did you call today? 
I call because I'm at the opposite spectrum. I am a mom, and I have a 26-year-old single son who's waiting for Mrs. Wright and not compromising, because at one point he did compromise, and that was a big mess. Um, But I pray, and I pray, and I pray for my son, and I don't, he's so discouraged, and I feel like I went to prayer first. Now I feel like i got to kind of help God, which I know is ridiculous, but (laughs) what can I do without overstepping my boundaries to help him? Like, we went to the dinner theater Saturday, and I'm just talking with the waitress, and he's like, Mom, don't try to set me up. (laughs) Women don't like mama's boys. And I'm like, I'm not trying to set you up. I'm just having a conversation, you know. Um, So I'm struggling because I just – I don't know how to help him. I didn't meet my husband until I was 27 and married at 28. So I know he's got time, and the right one may or may not come. The right one may come when he's 50, but what do I do to help him? I just understand that it's okay if he's not with somebody. It's just hard because, like, this Saturday he's standing up in another wedding. You know, we went to a baby shower Saturday. So all of his friends are getting married and having babies, and he's just kind of this loner. Yeah. I love your heart. Jacqueline, I love your heart. Lisa, what do you say? Yeah. I I mean, I just wanted to say, first of all, go Jacqueline, because you're a mom who cares, and you're a mom that everyone wants to have in their corner. So that's amazing. Um, And it is, so it's weird, because what I'm going to tell you is, yeah, you might not be the person that's going to, you know, maybe make this happen, even though you want to make it happen. First of all, let's celebrate the fact that God is in his corner. So, you know, God knows what's up. I'm so grateful that your son even wants to get married and is willing to pursue that. So that is, that's a huge hurdle, first of all. So rejoice in that. Um, I would say you're going to be, you're going to be a prayer warrior and you're going to help your son look around because there might be other people in his sphere, maybe some peers, maybe some married couples who are a little bit older than him, or maybe they're around his age and they have friends who have friends who have friends who could maybe set him up. It's kind of that networking that is a little bit more empowering then, oh my goodness, my mom is trying to have another conversation. Okay. So not that your heart isn't good and it's not in it and not that you won't maybe even find a great connection. Cause I've been, I've been set up by family members and stuff. And I mean, who, who better to kind of help you on that road than the people who know and love you best. But that said, I think for you, it's just, you know, everyone who is in this search needs to be rooted for, Uh, Maybe it is just saying, you know, once in a while offering a little idea of like, hey, I heard that this, you know, singles group is getting together or there's a citywide thing. You might want to consider this. Uh, There's always ideas. I think we we singles need to be open to ideas. We need to not just poo-poo everything. That said, um, I would just say you be that prayer warrior. You be that mom who's going to support him and encourage him and listen to him and, um, you know, Maybe he's going to utilize some technology, go online. A lot of Christians are doing that now. That's okay, too. If he has biblical intention, and like you said, he has his head on straight, he knows what his standards are, he's going to adhere to those. That alone is going to narrow the field. And so we got to be okay with that because we don't need to be dating everyone. It's not, that's just going to, you know, bring chaos into the situation. So again, God knows what's up. If your son's motivated and he's willing to 
to date biblically and uh, do it well. We'll just see what God has for him. I would say, uh, and I think you would agree with this, Lisa, I would say the more that you can become okay with him being single, the better. Meaning, Jacqueline, that you are not uh, freaking out over here and, you you know, God's got this and, and your son's very capable. Not even asking him, so you going for a date or anything like that. You're still interested. You're still there to be a sounding board for him if he needs that. But you're you're not um, – what's the word? Uh, go ahead and respond to that, Jacqueline. What do you think? Um, well, I have sat back because I dated a lot when I was young. And when I met my husband, from the time I met him to the time we got married was 11 months. And we've been married 28 years. So I feel like I keep – letting him know it's okay i didn't even meet your dad you know at this age i was still i had moved from the city of chicago to a small rural community and thought i'd be single the rest of my life and your dad walked in you know so um god is able to do it but i just feel bad because he feels lonely um and, and he's struggling with it you know and I, you know, the more he struggles with it, the more I feel like, hey, God, I've been praying for him silently. Now he knows I'm praying for him, but I just don't know how to help him. Yeah. I'm glad you got through today, Jacqueline, because there's somebody who's going to email me. You said, thank you for putting Jacqueline on. Uh, Lisa, any final words on that? Yeah, I think I, I just wanted to encourage Jacqueline by saying my nephew uh, got engaged last week. And he's a guy in his 20s. You know, it's almost like a a miracle at this point when you see a 20-something guy (laughs) who's found someone who... But I remember for years now, since his early 20s, he's told me, you know, Aunt Lisa, I just, you know, I'm going to have to find another church or I'm going to have to try something else. Because now, you know, he graduated from college and he moved away from the group of friends that he had there. And he felt like he was starting over and was so discouraged. And But he stayed at it and he joined small groups and he made guy friends and they prayed for him and they rooted for him and they introduced him to women and he was willing to volunteer at church and to be doing the stuff and you know it doesn't mean there's no formula that's going to guarantee anything but he was motivated and he said I'm not going to just sit around I'm not this is something that God honors that God wants for most people um, so I think you know that pursuit uh, I think is is a good thing Thing. That said, on the flip side, kind of echoing what Chris said, too, is we don't want to give the impression that singleness is a waiting room for marriage. I say that often, or that it's a second-class citizenship. He needs to be about the business that God has for him right now as a single man and to trust God alone for what God has for him. If God brings someone up alongside him that he's like, hey, I might get to know her— Perfect. You know, that probably will happen at some point. And so we can we can rejoice in that. But at the same time, we have to be okay with that both and the tension of that. Yeah. Let me take Gina's call. Jacqueline, thank you. Before we take a break here, Gina in uh, Florida. Go right ahead, Gina. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Sure can. Okay. Um, I Sorry, I, I listen to your show every day and I was in the and I just turned it on and I, I was just kind of taken aback because everything your guest Lisa was talking about, I thought she was talking about me. Um, and you know, I've been I've been alone for a while. My parents left me um, 
be with the Lord um, in 09 and in 2015. So I spent a lot of time alone by myself. My other rest of my family is, is pretty far away. And um, I was thinking the same thing about, you know, how she felt about, well, who's going to take care of me, you know, and when I'm my parents' age, you know, and I don't want to be alone. I don't want to go in a home and, you know, where's my family going to be? Because all my, my family and siblings have, you know, their own families and I'm just in the way, you know, I feel left out. And then, you know, she said, and then she says, um, you know, well, you know, who will take care of me? And then she said, well, God will take care of you. And I just kind of broke down while I was driving because I thought, I never really thought of that, you know, that God will take care of me. And, um, you know, I went through some stuff while my parents were gone. I had brain surgery. I went through breast cancer three years after that. So I had a lot of stuff happen. And I always thought, well, I'm never going to get married or even be with another person because I might have too much baggage now, you know? Mm. So I try to fill my days up. <clears throat> and you know, then my... the holidays come and then Christmas comes and you, and then it just, it's like a magnifying glass is put on your, your life. I want you to hang on Gina, because I want Lisa to speak into what you just said. And I'm so glad anytime I hear somebody say I was driving down the road and she said, and it made me, you know, become emotional because you're talking about me. I know that we're hitting the right nerve here. So Lisa Anderson is with us. Find out more about her at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. I always get excited when someone calls and says, you said this, or your guest said this, and I was driving down the road, uh, and that's what happened with Gina, and it sounds like she's been through a lot physically, you know, a lot of health struggles, and then loss of family, the grief, and then Christmas comes, single at Christmas, and all of these questions. Lisa, what do you say to Gina? (laughs) Gina, okay, I'm going to share two examples, a couple little short stories that God used with me, and I almost never, in fact, probably never can share these without crying, so we'll see how how I do. One is um, a situation in my home church back in the Midwest of an elderly woman who in her late 90s, single her entire life, lived in a huge farmhouse, had cared for her parents and every one of her siblings and their spouses as they failed and eventually passed on. Okay, so she had been the caregiver. She had taken all of this, but she was single and she was left alone. She was the last one. Well, she got to the point of needing care and needing help. She had to get out of that farmhouse. She couldn't uh, take care of all of her needs anymore by herself. And I would think to myself, and her precious name was Esther, and I would say, you know, well, what's what's Esther going to do? Here's what happened. Independently, God spoke to a young couple in her church in this little farm community who built an addition on their house, bought a van that would accommodate her wheelchair, and took her in. They were told by God 
to do this and to take her in his family as part of the body of Christ to care for her. Esther would have never known that. She was in her 90s, and at 99, she went to see Jesus after having been cared for by this family. So God will show up in ways that you can't even imagine yet. The other thing is, um, when my own mom was dying, uh, she was in the last six weeks of her life in a memory care facility. She'd lost her mobility. I knew she was in her last couple days, and that last night, I'd been all day with her. You know, I'd been there with her, and I, I went home mid to late evening because I knew that the next day I needed to come back again. Well, wouldn't you know, uh, about 5 a.m., I got the call that she had passed away, and I wasn't there. And I remember beating myself up and saying, I should have been there holding her hand and singing her favorite hymns and praying with her and praying her in, walking her home, praying her into the kingdom. And I remember telling a dear friend that, and she said to me, Lisa, the one person who needed to be there was there, and that is Jesus. And that has been such a comfort to me, Gina and Chris, as I've walked through that to realize that the only person who can be with us in every stage of our life and at every moment in just the right way is God himself. And you did it. You did it without breaking down, but there's <laughs> a did. little bit. I'm a little, little teared up. <laughs> yeah, no. Yep. What do you do with the, uh, and Gina, I, I, we prayed for you before we went on the air. We didn't know your name, but we prayed that there would there'd be somebody who'd listen that, you know, would really be ministered to by what we're, we're going to talk about. And I think that happened here. God bless you, friend. Mm-hmm. What do you do with the expectation when you're the single one in the family and the expectation of everybody else is, well, you know, you're going to do, Lisa's going to do, she's going to take care of mom because she's not married. She didn't have children. Um, that's not fair to the, the single person, right? Yeah. Well, first of all, you just punch them all in the face. I mean, let's be honest, Chris, that's what you need to do. No, um, this is why I always encourage families, start having these conversations before the crisis moment hits, because you're going to have expectations that you think everyone else (laughs) is on the same page you are, and they're not. And so it needs to be like, okay, who's actually going to be the caregiver? Who's going to contribute financially? Who's going to maybe be a respite person? What is this going to look like? So because you need to communicate and sometimes it is assumed by other folks that, oh, you must have all the time in the world because, you know, you're not raising a family or you're not whatever. So I think we have to be careful with that and realize that being honest and open about it and and married folks and families, be sensitive to your single friends and your single family members. They've got a lot of burdens. And so let's work it out together. Yeah, the communication is so important in that situation. And it sounds like we didn't get to talk about the, the young men and women in their 20s who are not getting married. They don't even, they're not even looking anymore. I mean, that's a, we could do a whole separate conversation on that. But for 30 seconds, what do you say about that? <laughs> yeah, uh, statistics show that 30% of Gen Z won't be married at 40. There are a lot of reasons for that, Chris. Inflation, baggage from the past, poor examples of marriage. And I say we as the church need to come around and for those that are to be married, give them a vision for it and the tools to move forward. But at the same time, honor singleness because the Bible honors singleness. And again, we don't know what our season of singleness will be, but God does. And we need to be faithful with what we have and he'll do the rest. Lisa, thank you for sharing your heart, for sharing the grief, the reality of, of what you've been through and what you've helped others walk through. And keep doing what you're doing. If something good has happened at Boundless, 
in the Boundless Show and with your writing. And uh, come back and see us real soon, okay? Always a privilege. Thanks. Lisa Anderson, again, Director of Young Adults for Focus on the Family. You can find out more about her and the Dating Manifesto, the book, at chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. Hope that was an encouragement to you today. Tell somebody else about the program. Chris Fabry Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.